represent the third Iraq musical orchestra. Know what time it is, my nigga. Are we obsessed with mediocrity? Then why we live below standards of what a guy should be? We buy designer clothes before owning property. Just to flex on other people, look what we got to see. We live for others without living for ourselves. When the only thing that matters is generational wealth. To break the cycle, making sure it don't continue. We still drive through, knowing that what's on the menu. It's killing us hard. We still think like, my God, is better than your God. When there's only one God. Still waiting on a nigga named Jesus to save us. When it's God within us, till we know it will never wake up. We still believing in old tales, like heaven to hell. When ain't nobody came back from the dead to tell. But tell me what's truth, no one knows for sure. Got my individual truth, and your truth is yours, for sure. Too many broke dreams and smoke screens to kill you. Too much TV and phone screens to kill you. Too much Tennessee and social feeds to kill you. Too much of anything and everything to kill you. We got life fucked up. Can you see your own power when the life fucked up? Still listen to drugs and murder when we are. Bodies dropped and all of a sudden the violence gotta stop. Gotta keep a bottom on the shelf Say we never turn down a fade But to run away from ourselves Instead of dealing with the problems within Females seeing celebs and wanna look like them With titties and ass shots While poking their ass out For what? Just for a nigga to fuck them and cash out Still lost to what's really going on It seems right in front of our face But we looking down at our phones Can't escape it, no Quit looking for preachers and spiritual teachers And go within for the faith and hope Only when you close your eyes then you see Stop worrying about eyes Start worrying about we Too many broke dreams and smoke screens to kill you. Too much TV and phone screens to kill you. Too much of McDonald's and Starbucks to kill you. Too much of anything and everything to kill you. Life fucked up. Can you see your own power when the life fucked up? 
fucked up. Still listen to drugs and murder when we out. Bodies dropped and all of a sudden the violence gotta stop. We gotta keep a bottom on the shelf. Say we never turn down a fade, but to run away from ourselves. Stuck dealing with the problems within. Females seeing celebs and wanna look like them. With titties and ass shots, while poking their ass out. For what? Just for a nigga to fuck them and cash out. Still lost to what's really going on. It seems right in front of our face, but we looking down at our phones. Can't escape it, no. Quit looking for preachers and spiritual teachers and go within for the faith and hope. Only when you close your eyes, then you see. Stop worrying about eyes, start worrying about we for sure. So when the rebels link up, three words, let's ride out. It's been a long time coming, my nigga, but the time now. Do you understand the words that's coming out of my mouth? They done put Chris Tucker on his bitch, let me find out. When the rebels link up, three words. Uh, the type of nigga that ain't really with the games As a young rebel wanted money and the fame Now I realize all this shit don't really mean a thing It's 2017, you still get whips and chains Only differences they come with, rings and diamonds that bling But third, do your thing, I ain't trying to intervene Lead that to them niggas shooting hair on What I'm saying is, y'all don't get the message Young and I'm restless, so anything less than my vision Not impressed with, keep my circle small and symmetric Now the in crowd type of nigga, that's some Ron Artest shit Verse Detroit when he tested been Wallace, been a pride of niggas knowing I'm blessed with the gift. Fuck a minimum wage salary. Life is your reality, the hood is a mentality. Young youth need a reality check. Money bulging out their pockets to their minds in debt. Cause beef what they said, they quit to put dough on your chest. So wear a bulletproof, still them niggas trying to invest. That's business, one on one. It's something that you need to know. We only gain power when we turn. Which way the heat is blow? So when the rebels link up, three words, let's ride out. It's been a long time coming, my nigga, but the time now. Do you understand the words that's coming out of my mouth? We live, baby. We live. Let's go. Let's go. So, another episode. Another episode one-on-one -on -one with Solo. I'm Solo. That's Diamond. Uh, again, we're talking hoops. We're always going to talk hoops. And in today's episode... What we're going to be talking about is the NBA draft. We're going to be talking. The draft. We're going to be creating our own draft big boards. We're going to do a mock draft based on our own big board that we have. And the shit should be live, man. The shit should be live. So, with that said, you want to just get right into it or what? Or do yes, you want to talk about the finals a little bit? Um, How do you feel? How do you feel about that finals game? Yesterday? Once again, you are here live with one-on-one -on -one with Solo and Diamond. AKA one on one with Dolo and Simon. What's the deal? <laughs> You're so ugly for that. That's hilarious. But uh what do you think, man? What do you think about the finals? Um yesterday's game was very clunky, very scrappy, more defensive oriented. Nobody was getting off really. Kawhi 
Skin some buckets, not very efficient. Curry trying to draw f- fouls every shot that he knew he wasn't going to make, mm-hmm. trying to flop and draw a foul. Clay was good, but got hurt. DeMarcus Cousins yeah. is somebody who I will give some shout-out to or some shine to for their performance yesterday. But overall, yesterday I was watching the game like, when is somebody going to put together some consistent offensive push other than, you know, uh, the Warriors starting the third quarter and closing out the second quarter really well? Mm-hmm. And uh, the Raptors just not being able to respond. Maybe they're that shows that they're not ready for this stage just yet because how do you let somebody, the champs, how do you let the champs run off 18 straight points on you in your, in your house? Knowing that this is the most dangerous third quarter team probably in NBA history. No, yeah, yeah. That's just... Without Kevin Durant. Without KD. You know what I'm saying? 20-0 going from, what, the second quarter to the third? Yes. They're going to 20-0 run? I mean, if you're the Toronto Raptors, you come off a game one win, you would have thought you anticipated this. You would have exactly. thought that you would have had some kind of idea that something like this could have happened. Now, I don't know the exact number of timeouts or the exact number of fouls that were happening during that stretch, but I think that since the stretch was able to be, you know, since the stretch actually happened, there should have been more timeouts. There should have been more fouls. There should have been something that should have been done to let let your team know that, man, we got to stop this run in any kind of way, whether if we got to be physical about it or we got to be strategic about it. You got to do something. You can't just, if you're apparently not doing enough, even if you just called a timeout, a play before, and they still happen to knock down something, you know, yeah. 30 seconds later, you got to call a timeout because something's not working. And finals games aren't usually the typically the most beautifully played games, the most offense, offensive-oriented games. We know that as Laker fans. Yeah. Um, but I expected a little bit more from these squads. I expected a little bit more, you know, three-point prowess, especially from Toronto in their building. Your role players, your others, like Shaq calls them, are supposed to perform very well at home because now you got to go to the Bay where this crowd has been doing this like it's it's nothing to them. This going to the finals and being in the finals is just like a regular game to them. This is five years in a row. And what's crazy about that is when you say others, other than Kawhi Leonard, everybody's other. Everybody is an other on Toronto. So Kyle Lowry, no excuses. No more. Like it's yeah. it's it's over. Like there's no more there's no more excuses. Serge Ibaka, no more excuses. Marcus Saul. No I mean you had a great game one, right? But Don't no more excuses. You you came here. You've never got to this point mm-hmm. in your career. You're at this point now. There should be nothing left on the table for nothing you. And I felt like you left a lot. Yep. Kyle Lowry, you shouldn't be fouling out. You're too important to that team. For real. You shouldn't be fouling out. Uh, Siakam, I can't even knock Siakam because he's been the he's been the surprise mm-hmm. of his playoffs of yeah. the season. You can't knock Siakam. He's I mean, he's done. He's overachieved. Yeah, very much so. So, but uh, you can knock Kyle Lowry yep. a lot. You can knock Kyle Lowry. You can knock Serge Ibaka. You need more. You get 28, 30 minutes a game, Serge. They need more from you. You were brought in. Yeah. For a specific role to do things and to to give this team some experience, to give this team some flexibility at the four, at the five. Ain't got nothing from him. No, he's not stretching the floor. Last two games, I felt like it's just missing been a bunnies dole. in the paint. It's just been. I don't know, like, uh, the Warriors came with that championship physicality led by Draymond and DeMarcus, and um, the front court of Toronto just had no hope, the whole front court. 
you know, Draymond was determined to shut that Siakam shit down, mm-hmm. and he did that. But like, we're not gonna get on Siakam. This is his first go around ever in the, on these big stages. But um, yeah, man, it was a clunky game. I look for them to. I look for the Warriors to have a really good offensive game coming on Game Three on Wednesday. But uh, you never know, Kawhi. He can make he can make some things happen. So we'll see. Toronto can't play better. It's not like that was their A game, but the Warriors can play a lot better too. So you need. You needed a much better performance. And that's the crazy part is that the Warriors won without KD and without playing their best. Mm -hmm. Steph Curry for the half was a was a was a different player. You almost thought that the and what's crazy is even with Steph Curry not doing the things that he did, I don't know who did anything in the first half other than Clay Thompson to keep them in the game. Mm -hmm. That's what's so crazy about the Warriors. And I don't understand why the Raptors couldn't capitalize on the fact that Stephen Curry wasn't himself. 0 yep. for what? 0 for 7? Yeah, start off, yep. He had a deep three. That was the first shot he made. He had a deep three, and uh, he started being dangerous from there, started getting into the paint. They keep forcing him off the three-point line with traps and sitting long bodies at him, but, you know, Steph's going to make the right play. Supposedly he's sick. Something's always wrong with Steph if he's not playing well, but, you know, he's always going to go out there and do what he can to. He yeah. has so much gravity. He brings so much gravity on the basketball floor. It's like, what are you going to do? You had to send two, three guys at him, man. Shouts out to Andre Iguodala, who we haven't even mentioned. Oh, man. Who made that shot, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's just something that he's built for. That's something that he's ready to do. So, that's the Warriors. That's the final so far. Two whatever games, you know, it's 1-1 one, one, going to Oracle. Toronto has to get one in Oracle because they got one in Jurassic Park. So, we'll see what that is. We'll see what happens. But on to what we're here for. The NBA, NBA draft. draft which Let's is go. something we love. If you guys seen our text messages, they're flooded with this stuff. I would, we, I would leak, I would leak the messages, but <laughs> it's so much stuff. You know what I'm saying? So we're gonna get on into this, man. Starting with a big board. So for those of you guys who don't know what a big board is, a big board is your best available players, the best players who I think is the best from one to sixteen, and who he thinks is the best to one. Well, to from one through fourteen, but we each got two sleepers, two wild cards, two wild cards. Who we and think could be Kuzma's or Siakam's type players? Draymond Greens, yeah. Jordan Clarkson, Monte Ellis, guys like that. Yeah, steals of the draft. They happen more frequently these days. And so. it's safe to say that sometimes even a seventh pick or an eighth pick could be a steal of the mm-hmm. draft, right? Fifteenth pick. Kawhi, so Giannis. if you hear a name and you're just like, wait a minute, this who guy is, is mocked on the top ten of everybody's draft. But let's just say even if who is that or even if you see a mock draft everywhere and he's ranked a top ten guy mm-hmm. or something like that, just think of think of those last two as just being the steal of the draft. Yeah, so, definitely. Um, with that said, man, let's let's get started at 14. At 14. Let me pull out my little notes. We've been taking notes. We've been we've watching been film, notes. man. This is not something we take lightly. So at 14, I'm coming in with P.J. Washington, power four from Kentucky. Uh, about six foot eight, about seven three wingspan. Sophomore started shooting the three this year at a really really nice clip. He has a good jump shot. He brings that junkyard dog, Todd Gibson like mentality. Not gonna be a star. I'm not gonna. We're not gonna see him in any All Star games or anything like that. But he can be a starting power forward, especially with the way the league is going now. Tenacious defender, rim protector, and like I said, in the sophomore he started shooting that three and playing for Kentucky. That means you want the big stage. You know about the big stage. So. I think it's going to fit in fairly well. 
That was a good ass break. I'm not gonna lie. That, <laughs> that had me sold, and I was thinking like, "Damn, I should have had PJ Washington at 14." I'm not gonna lie. That shit. Yeah, PJ Washington. I liked him, man. I like him a lot. So for me, I can't say his name. It's hard to say his name. Okay. But at 14, I got Seku Dumbuya. Dumbuya. And the reason, and I notice a lot of people got him a lot higher than I do, but I have him so low. I have him at 14, and I think it's perfect to have him at 14 because he is a wild card. Yeah, definitely. You really don't know what you're going to get from him. You can either get Siakam or you can get someone that's, I don't know, the other, the worst yeah. version of Siakam. You know what I mean? You could have <laughs> The got opposite this, of that spectrum. You could get the opposite of it. Yeah. And just knowing, just going by what I see, I see 6'8", I see length, I see athleticism, I see someone that could run the floor, that could have the ball run the floor, that mm-hmm. could even make a play off a transition, that hustles, that has a motor, but I don't see enough that I love him to have him higher like other people do, right? Yep. But he could end up being a still of the draft. That's not one of my guys that's going to be the still of the draft, but he has those qualities. He has those things that you look for just as a typical NBA player. You look at someone that, that if you look at an NBA player, you think of a 6'8 guy that's 210 pounds around there that can move, that's agile, athletic, and yep. there you go. Yeah. Yeah, you'll be hearing about a little bit more about Seku. I mean, I have him on my board as well. Uh, but at 13, I got uh, Mr. Brandon Clark from the University of Gonzaga. I like that one. Um, at the combine test at a 40-inch vertical, was like the third or fourth highest vertical at the combine. Um only 6'8", doesn't have plus wingspan or plus arm. He pretty much plays a center position. So think of Sean Marion's build playing the five spot. Yeah. So, I mean, but today's NBA, he's really going to be the test of is today's NBA truly positionless and can anybody at any size play any position? Definitely but, um, true. Especially with someone that's more offensively skilled. Because mostly yeah. when you see at the five, you see a guy that can just play defense at the mm-hmm. five. Someone that could cause trouble for bigs. Yeah. So he and most, will be a real test. Yeah, most definitely. And uh, he blocked as many shots as his field goals missed. He blocked 117 shots and he missed 117 field goals on the season. Just hyper-efficient. Um, was up there with Zion for PER. You know, he's just an old guy. You know, he transferred from San Jose uh, and went to Gonzaga. He's already like 22, 23. So people don't have him as the high-ceiling guy. But plug-and-play he will come off your bench. Are you if you want to start him? You know what I'm saying you can start him. He has that junkyard dog mentality, just like PJ Washington. I had a hard time with them from 14 to 13, but Brandon Clark I think is more ready to play in the NBA as of today. Keyword: plug and play. Mm-hmm. Plug and play. And at 13, I mean that's what. What else are you looking for? Exactly. Unless you're gambling for someone, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That's a solid ass pick. I'm not. Yeah. I can't hate that. Like Brandon Clark that. a lot. And for me, my 13th pick is another. Fellow Gonzaga man, <laughs> uh, I don't know how to say his, his, Rui Hachimura. Rui Hachimura, man, All first right. Japanese-born player ever going to be drafted into the NBA. Nothing about him excites me. Okay, <laughs> nothing about him excites me. I don't look forward to picking him. Okay. Right? Yeah. But I look at his game; it's grounded. I think it's ah, I'm losing. I lost the word, but I was thinking of it. Uh-huh. It was oh my god. Damn, <laughs> but he, but he, he's just so. Ah, I've lost the word, bro. So I'm gonna just he's very get away solid. From I, he's a solid player, right? Yeah, most definitely. I feel definitely. like I can count on him. Yeah. I feel like I watch his game, and I understand that going to positionless basketball, mm-hmm. when he could play possibly the three, at least defending. I don't know offensively. Yeah. But if I can get him to switch out from the three and the four, maybe even put a body on the five, 
be there, not necessarily a shot blocker, but someone that knows position, mm-hmm. knows that defensive position matters. Yeah. It's not just about the stats. He does the little things that I want at 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 13 because you think about it at 13, you're not going to get past seven. Yeah. You're not going to probably get below 22. Mm-hmm. And you think about the teams that are in that range. And I want someone, like you said, plug and play. Yep. Someone that's going to do the things that I can rely on that may not be sexy, mm-hmm. that might not stand out. But at the end of the year, he might end up second team all uh, second team all rookie. Yeah, definitely. Someone He's that, productive. You put him on the court, he produces for some reason. I don't even know why. Yeah. Rui's not on my board, but he's definitely a good player, and he's definitely someone that is probably going to be going in this range. Uh, let's keep it on moving with uh, number 12. I have Jackson Hayes from the University of Texas. Um, this is someone who oh! I've been watching. I've been watching for a long time. You know what I'm saying? He was really, really on fire at the beginning of the college season. He ended up uh, suffering from a season in an injury, but think of Clint Capella's light-skinned little brother. Yep. Same measurements, same everything, but this dude is out of the gym jumping Arms for days. I mean, just a passionate young player who's still growing into playing the game of basketball. He was a Texas high school football player all the way up until his junior season in high school. So think about it. He's about two years removed from being on the gridiron, and he's going to be a top 14 pick. You know what I'm saying? One of the best big men, the most mobile big men in this draft. uh, Like I said, jumps out the gym, freak athlete, uh, Clint Compella prototype. And maybe Clint Compella might be his low end or his medium end. He has a lot of room to grow. A lot of room. You know, so get him with uh, NBA um, coaching development. Get him to an NBA weight room. Let him be 100% healthy. And let's see what he turns into. I really like Jackson Hayes going for it. A little lower than I would have initially had him on my board because of the injury and just no offensive skill set just yet. But, exactly. you know, that that comes with, that could come. You know, some people don't always develop their offensive game. Some people no. do. You know, but I like his athletic profile. I like what he's going to bring to the table. He's going to block shots and uh, finish lobs at the end of the day. And so that's all you want, really, from a modern-day center. Exactly. You're not looking for that guy that can, I mean, you got to be special to be someone that plays today's center position. Yep, you got to be Joel. You got to be Cat. Yeah. You got to be those guys. If you're not... You got to have some wiggle. You got to have a jumper. You got to be able to do a lot of things. But shout out to Jackson Hayes, who could possibly, if everything breaks right for him, be a very, very high-end... You know, is Rudy Gobert all-star? Rudy Gobert is an all-star. Do he, you? He didn't make... Oh, yeah, definitely. He's okay, so... One of the his high end, centers. Yeah, his high-end, we're looking at a Rudy Gobert-ish type of guy, so... Shout out I mean, to you, Jackson. There's something about Texas University that knows Pro- how to they develop centers. Yep. They know how to develop guys that are. I mean, I think they just they don't even. I think they just go out and try to find the most intensified center they can find. Yeah. DeAndre Jordan intensity. Yeah. Uh, Miles Turner intensity. Yeah. Uh, Jackson Hayes intensity. I can't have you go out like that. DeAndre Jordan went to A and M. Oh no! He <laughs> didn't go to Texas. No, I can't have. Who's you. the other center that went to Texas? Miles Turner, Lamarcus Aldridge, Jackson. No, Hayes. not Lamarcus. No, there's Who are you another for? one. Oh my God! I could have swore it was DeAndre Hunter. Yeah. Hey, we fuck up on this show. Hey, it happens. <laughs> We're live. This is a live <laughs> broadcast, but I'm not going to let my man go out like that. He's way too knowledgeable on this shit. DeAndre Jordan, we know I he went to A&M, swore. brother. Yeah, he did go to Texas A&M, huh? Yeah. That's yeah. why the Robert Williams comparisons were so mm, hefty with DeAndre Jordan because exactly. they both went to A&M. And you know what? I fucked up. It's that, all good. That's the... All right, but you talk about intensity, right? Yeah. And that's the main thing. One of the main things that he brings 
that doesn't end up on a stat sheet. Flies and, up and down the court. Exactly. You're not going if you if you look for someone to give you 110 percent. Jackson Hayes is gonna do that. He's young. And that's and why young. I got him at 12 too. Oh, <laughs> that's our why, first agreement. That's why I got him at 12. I didn't know there too. was gonna be too many of those agreements today because uh It was a last minute change. Okay, yeah. I love that. I love that. I love that. So let's uh stroll on to eleven where I have USC's Kevin Porter Jr. Um, one thing about this draft is there's guys who just had odd college fits mm-hmm. and odd college situations. Um, he was suspended. He had an injury. He just never really fit into USC. I don't even know why top prospects go to USC because yeah. nobody gets developed there. Nothing good happens when people go you there. You go there thinking you're going to kill shit and your stock is going to go this high it because is, yeah. you led USC to this, uh-huh. and it never turns out. Yeah, so he just had a weird situation. He had weird situations. I guess they say uh, the people he has around him aren't the best or um, whatever the case may be. I could care less about that. This dude has serious game. If you want to talk about who's going to be the next Donovan Mitchell, who's going to be that guard who mm-hmm. has that wiggle, who can hit that step back three, and who just wants it, I think that's Kevin Porter Jr. But also, he has some bust potential. Mm-hmm. It is there because, like I said, he couldn't stay on the court at USC. There was not like there was talent ahead of him. Yeah. He was the guy, but they had to go through every game without the guy. But, I mean, watching his workouts, he jumps out the gym. He's an electric dunker. Can hit the step. He hits... Shots off the bounce better than he's a catch and shoot guy. So you're gonna have to give him the ball a la Donovan Mitchell, but very much like Kevin Porter Jr., super athlete, um, long arms, someone who I think could be very, very good in the right situation. Mm-hmm. I would love for a San Antonio or one of these a Boston somewhere that's cool, common collected, with nice player development, shooting coaches to tighten up his form, and you can have Potentially someone who could be a fringe all-star when he really hits his ceiling because he can score that rock. And since you mentioned Kevin Porter Jr., and I know we're not at the part yet where we're going to mention our sleepers, mm-hmm. but since it's here, yeah, I don't have him ranked at 11. Okay. You know, but I do got him ranked as a sleeper, and I just want to say, again, the key word here for Kevin Porter Jr. is potential. Like mm-hmm. he said, Creighton off the shot, Creighton off the dribble, is is where he makes his money. That's what that boy does. Um, he got that James Harden step back down on point. He does. He got the spin to the best. He got the spin <laughs> to the baseline to be able to finish with the reverse alley, or mm-hmm. with the reverse layup or to go athletic and big enough to just go straight up and challenge just about anybody. Yeah. Um, so I do have him as a sleeper, and I do like the pick. Uh, I think it's a little high, a little high, just because mm-hmm. a lot of people. That are his build. You talk about James Young and the people previous Ooh, to that. Oh my God! Another lefty, James Young. They disappoint, <sighs> and they have this this yeah. ceiling. I can see that. You can see the like just you just get fr- so frustrated seeing why weren't you this? Why weren't you better? Yeah, especially if he doesn't get his off the court antics together and all that. Mm-hmm. You know, I see some people. A lot of mock drafts have him going to Miami. You don't want to send Kevin Porter Jr. to Miami. Nah, he might be J.R. Smith. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to do that. So, But that's my guy, man. I've been following him all year. I wish I could have seen him play more. But there was a lot, a lot, a lot of weird college fits this season that kind of hurt people's draft stock. And I think that when they get out of those college situations into the NBA, whatever team they're going to be, I think they have chances to blossom going forward. So who do you have? For myself, 11. At I'm number sure 11. It's right. Also, for me, Tyler Hero, Ooh. right? And the reason why I pick him, he'll tell you. Uh-huh. I love guys 
that give you 110 percent. Yeah. Intensity, fire. I need guys that are just gonna give it. I I, I don't. If I question whether I got everything from you on game day. You're not the kind of guy that I want on the team. Okay. I think Tyler Hero, off, even even though he's not a good defender, he's going to give you 110%. I mm-hmm. look at his shot. That shot he works on, that's 110%. I look at the way he attacks the basket. He doesn't he doesn't think about it. He doesn't Phoenix. look to pass, mm-hmm. to be honest with you, when he's attacking the basket. But he can. There's plays where he's been in the pick and roll where he could lob it up to the big, give it to P.J. Washington. Mm-hmm. There's plays where he's passing ahead to Keldon Johnson yep. for the slam. I mean... Tyler Hero is an underrated player, in my opinion. Definitely. Um, he's going to be someone that's going to be in the league for years to come. And athletic, athletically, I think he's up to par with Gordon Hayward. And I'm not, mm-hmm. I mean, Gordon Hayward doesn't jump out the gym. Yeah, but Gordon he's capable. It's capable. And I think Tyler Hero is capable. I think he's able to be more than what people think he's just going to be. People think he's just going to be a shooter. They I, see him and they profile him. Exactly. You know how it goes. And I think he can be more than just him being a shooter. And he, he, you, you, you get him. You get him in, in a team that can run some off-ball screens. Man, I'm telling you. If the Lakers were picking late, if the, man. If the, if the Lakers were picking late, exactly. Man. Um, okay, so I don't have Tyler Hero on my list. I love him as a player. Um, he's not one of my sleepers either. But I just want to throw a few nuggets out there about Tyler Hero. Uh, six hits, but he has a minus wingspan. That means yeah. his wingspan is shorter than he is. So that kind of limits the defensive upside, but... That's not going to be his, where he makes his money anyways. I just need you to play. I yeah, just need yeah. you to try. <laughs> try, Tyler. What I will say what I will say is this is almost a 95% free throw shooter in college basketball. And why that is important is because the three-point percentage does not always translate. But you cannot go away from what the free throw percentage gives you. So him being a 95% free throw shooter tells you he's the elite of the elite of the elite shooters in the draft. He only shot 35% from three. In comparison, his two teammates that are going to be drafted in the same realm as him, PJ and Keldon, both shot higher percentages. Neither are the shooter that Tyler Hero is. Pay attention to that free throw percentage because the free throw percentage tells you everything you need to know about that stroke. So, shouts out to Tyler Hero. Like him as a player, not on my list. The minus wingspan kind of kills me. Yeah, um, that's what had that. Yeah. So ten, I got Seku Duyamboye. Um, we already touched on him, so I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna belabor this point. Uh, but the youngest prospect in the draft, still sitting at 18 years old yep. today. Um, that means a lot of room for improvement with that physical profile. He just recently had his best game as a player. He went for 34 points, uh, filled up the stat sheet, and hit like five or six threes. So you're telling me you're going to be six eight, six nine, uh, wingspan for days, athleticism for days, and you could get hot from that three ball? You know, I really like Seku, um, you know, but we already talked about him. Uh, so go ahead and get into your number 10, brother. Shouts out to Mr. Dumbuye. Number 10 for me is Goga Bitadze. Okay. Bitadze. And honestly, he could go up higher. The next time we do this, he might even be higher. The only thing is that I don't under, I don't know if he's going to end up. I mean, the upside of, I think, Nikola Vucevic, when I see him handle the ball, okay. when I see him in the post and I see him at the free throw line and I see him trying to orchestrate an offense around him, mm-hmm. I see, I see uh, the Joker, right? Yeah. But realistically... I, I can't I can't get the image of uh Valanchunas out of my head. Oh, okay. 
I see him in the post and he dominates in the post. Mm -hmm. I think that's where he should be. That's where he lives, right? Right now at this moment. He can grow to be the Joker, maybe. Yeah. I don't see him becoming that really ever, but enough. But him being able to dominate the post the much as he the much as much as he does, I think warrants him to be this high because Valanciunas is just a solid ass hell of a player. And if yeah. you're gonna get him at ten, you pick him at ten. Valanciunas was picking at fourth, I believe. Yeah, very high by Toronto. Yeah. Shout out to Goga. Love Goga. You will, you'll be hearing about Goga from me a little later because uh, that's my mans in them. Uh, but at number nine, we're going to keep on rolling. We have Kobe White out of the University of North Carolina. Kobe. Uh, point guard, can shoot the rock off the dribble, but makes his money off shooting off the catch and fire. Him and his teammate Cameron Johnson just gave people hell this season shooting that ball. That's why you're not going to hear the name Nazir Little, who we should be talking oh, yeah. about, is because Cameron Johnson and Kobe White were their offense. What is he? Is he a point guard or a shooting guard? Uh, he's a combo guard for sure. Um, I don't really have a good comparison for him because he is 6'5 with a minus wingspan, but he was like in the 94th percentile on catch and shoots. Um, a really, really solid player. He goes he full head of steam. He's going to crash in there. For some reason, it seems like he's athletic enough to finish with slams, but he only ever lays it up. Yeah. So I think that I don't know what that's about. Maybe it's the minus wingspan. Uh, but, but I love Kobe White. Not not an athlete, but a very, very good shooter, a smart, heady player who's going to give you everything that he got. So I really, really like Kobe White's game. Don't see all-star there, but I see someone who's going to perform and be either that third guard, that first guard off the bench, or be a team starting one or two guard. Very versatile. And like I said, today's NBA. We're in 2019. He can shoot that rock. And he's not in my... I, I like that he's a shooter. I honestly thought... Um, I look at him, and I honestly don't think he's going to translate well into being an NBA shooter. Mm -hmm. um, I just have that feeling. I don't have no stats to back that up. <laughs> I just look at... I look at how he got his shots, how he got, how he got his shots. Mm -hmm. I just don't see it translating. But um, the one thing that I wanted to say about Kobe White, which I think I wrote it down... Cause I can't remember. I didn't write it down, but damn, there was something I wanted to say about Kobe White. And if I remember it, he's not on my list, but there's one thing I wanted to point out about Kobe White that I hated, which <laughs> I'll get to at another time. But for myself, we're on 10 or nine. We're on nine. We're on nine. So number nine, I have your guy. You know who that guy is. It's it better not be who I think it is. It's exactly who you think it, it is. Be, uh, nine bro. It's the fourth pick in the NBA draft. Nine. I got him at number nine. Why? What? What's Explain. Going on? Let's, okay. let's go. Cam Reddish isn't that good. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Just simple to me. How? Right now. Right now. Um. Okay. Right now. Explain. I just don't believe he's that good. And man, I don't understand where you said you said last episode where um, what's his name? Shashevsky said his game was beautiful. Beautiful player. I don't see the, I don't see the beauty. Man, and I, I see the only thing that I think he really has going for him that could honestly translate to the NBA is going to be his three point shot. He has range. Every highlight that I've seen, he's shooting from the NBA. He's shooting yeah, yeah. He's <laughs> well beyond the three point line. Yeah, and I attribute that to being. Why his percentage is not as good. Yeah. You don't see guys in college basketball taking that three that consistently. That guy is shooting it from beyond the arc. All the time. That's really about it. 
you know, I'll definitely be getting the camera just later. I 100% disagree with what my man's here has to say. Um, what I will just say quickly here is... Uh, so, uh, real, real quick, real yeah. quick. The only reason I want to mention his athleticism, the only, re only reason I want to mention his size or any of that is because guys like, you know how I feel about it, mm -hmm. Josh Jackson, Andrew Wiggins, and guys like that, yeah. it just still hasn't seemed to translate for him. Mm -hmm. That's why I don't want to mention, mention that with him as a plus yeah. and the things that go along with that. Just because I don't believe, just because he has those tools, it's going to translate. Yeah, well, I, what I will say is uh, two steals per 40 minutes, was always playing on one of the best defenders, played that ACC competition. Um, you know how I feel about those per 40 minutes and the per 30, yeah, 36. But, you know, it just... It never, it never panned. If someone would have, if he would have played 40 minutes, he would never get to that number. I mean, he's getting steals. What were his steal rate in, in his regular games? It's more than one. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. He's, a, he's a willing defender. He's a really, really... A great player, but we're going to talk about him later because I have him way higher than my man does. So Way higher. Way higher. And we're going to number eight, and this is going to be something that I'm sure we have some disagreements on. But at number eight, I have Jarrett Culver out of Texas Tech. That's a solid um, one. Jarrett Culver is a two-year player. Uh, shot 38.9% from three as a freshman. Shot 30% from three as a sophomore. I don't think he forgot to shoot. I think his shot profile changed. He became the guy at Texas Tech when guys like Zaire Smith left for the NBA. Um, he carried them. There's not another player that on Texas Tech's roster that's going to be playing in the NBA. And he got them all the way to the championship game. Didn't play well in the championship game, but, you know, that's whatever. He got them there pretty much off his will and skill. Much more of a mid-range guy, slight build, doesn't is an explosive leaper. I mean, although they did have some crazy vertical jump from him at the Lakers workout, but translating onto the court, I don't really see the vertical. Um, I see a lot of mid-range mid jumpers. I see some turnaround game. Um, I like them, you know what I'm saying? But uh, I have them down here just simply because I don't see the star quality that other people see. I don't see uh, as much two-way versatility as someone like Cam Reddish just because the build is not the same. And but uh, he was a good player, second year player, um, eighteen five and three, uh, proved as a playmaker. So shout when out to say two way Cole. versatility. You're talking about multiple positions. Yeah, being able to play multiple positions, being able yeah. to dominate. So at Cam Reddish, you see what? You I see, see Cam Reddish uh, two be. through four. Two through four. I see Jared Culver playing the wing. That's it. Nothing else. You don't Nothing think else. he can stay in front of a? a, a I don't. I don't think his handle is good enough to play as a lead ball handler, and I don't think his strength is where it needs to be to play in the four, even though the well, four not the has four, changed. But I'm talking about the th one through three, because if it's two through four, that's very versatile. Yeah, you, yeah, you know, I said that's for Cam. Talking, yeah, that's for Cam, but I one think, through three, yeah. what did you, what did you and say I don't that's think Culver just has, as versatile? I wouldn't say Culver has the one, because I don't think that he has the ball handling mm. at all whatsoever. I mean, that can improve, of course. I'm not yeah. going to say he can improve. But as of today, I don't think he's gonna. He could be the lead. Let's say, maybe Chicago's like, oh, we can get Jared Culver. Yeah. Let him be our facilitator. He improved as a facilitator, as a playmaker this year at Texas Tech. But I just don't think it's gonna be his strong suit going forward. I think he's gonna need time for that. Mm -hmm. I don't think the ball handling is where it needs to be. I, I agree. I just wanted to see why you got him that low, and that's yeah. that's. I mean, I can understand why Jared. He's higher for me, mm -hmm. uh, but. I definitely understand why he can go that low, and I, I don't have a problem with where you got him sliding. And uh, someone the Lakers seem to be pretty much targeting, so... At the moment. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> and for me, my next guy is Nikhil, Nikhil 
however you say it, Alexander Walker. Now, I have him this high. No one has him this high. And I was texting him today <laughs> while I got him this high. I'll tell you what. Man. A couple of days ago, I watched my first video. Okay. okay? I watched my first video, and I, and, and I looked at his highlight, and I was just like, you know what? This dude has something. I looked at where people got him scouted. I looked at, I read a scouting report on Draft Express or something like mm-hmm. that, or something like that. And I go watch the video, and I'm like, he's decent. Few days later, I find out I don't have enough prospects okay. on my list for today's show. So I was like, you know what? I got him on my list. He's definitely lower. Yeah. Let me take let me take a second look. I take a second look and I see a different beard. I'm like, you know what? He reminds me of Alonzo. And I came across one highlight video and found Alonzo Ball, perfect Alonzo Ball comparison, which I'm gonna I wanna show a video. I wanna cut up a video myself of Alonzo highlight with the Alexander highlight. And show you guys what I'm talking about. Because defensively, this guy's going to give you nothing but activity. Coming out of college, people thought Lonzo wasn't going to be good. I've always said, activity, Lonzo, activity. That's all he gives you, 110%. And Alexander, has a when set, has a jumper you can rely on. Off the dribble, he can create a shot. He can create for others. He has the tools. He's not as good as Lonzo offensively, but he has the tools to build off something offensively, but I'm talking about if you want someone that's a hustler, that's that's going to give you everything they have on defense, I think Alexander would be a solid-ass pick. And based off that, even though he is, what, 20 years old? Yeah, he's a sophomore. So even though he is 20 years old, I think there's still upside for him to become a good-ass two-way player at the shooting guard position. I don't think he's a point. But if you get him at the, you get him at the two, he can be something special. But he might fuck around and be Patrick McCall. <laughs> I, I understand that, but I'm yeah. banking on that upside just off the highlight. If you're sleeping on Alexander Walker, watch some highlight videos of him. Yeah, I definitely see him. You know, uh, making some team very happy in the mid to late teens. Definitely not in the top ten, but uh, that's my guy. A shooter, really good shooter, man. A good player. So a heady player. Uh, went against top ACC competition, and you know. Uh, what I will say about him, though, on the negative end, he, had, he of course, being in the ACC, you're going to play Duke. Mm-hmm. Against his two games against Duke, I think he shot a collective of uh, about 30%. With, the, with having to do with RJ, Cam, and Zion, he just he couldn't get his shot off. Didn't have a good game mm-hmm. versus Duke. The only good team he had a good game against was Virginia, and that is DeAndre Hunter guarding him, who might be the best defender in this draft, was the ACC Defensive Player of the Year, and he, had a, he put up like 21 points, so... I mean, I didn't like how he played against Duke, but I like how he played against Virginia. I would definitely take him way, way later. Yeah, and and I texted him earlier that he's a superstar. That's definitely not the case. He's definitely at <laughs> no point ever going to be a superstar, right? But well, he's going to be a very good player. He's going to be a very good player. And not just that, but, I mean, at Virginia Tech, there was at no point was he ever the guy. Yeah. So he's not going to get those kind of numbers that you look for or even playing against a household name, he's going to play within the system. If you look at, I mean, I almost want to compare this to Fred Van Vliet. Okay. Even though Fred Van Vliet was undrafted, undrafted, I'm just saying the kind of impact that you could get from a guy like this adds up to something like that, if that makes sense. Okay. Uh, Quick Woj bomb we got right here. Uh, Oh, my goodness. Golden State Warriors forward Kavon Looney suffered a fracture in his collarbone and will be out indefinitely in the NBA Finals. So, the Warriors are going to be lacking more and more depth going forward. But I honestly think Andrew Bogut is the better matchup. 
In this series. In this series, I think. Yeah. So, going on along, I don't agree with the Nikhil Alexander-Walker <laughs> thing, but I think he's a good player. Um, so, at seven, I'm going to touch on somebody we've already uh, talked about, which is my mans in them, Goga Bitadze. So, Goga, about 6'11", 7 feet, shot 18 for 46 from three this year, and the three-point line in um, the league that he plays in is farther than the college three, so I think it's a little bit more translatable um, he he dropped a lot of weight for the NBA to work out with the NBA combine. But he's still two hundred and forty some pounds. Yeah, he's just a monster, dude. Like I love Gogo Batadze. I think you never know what the European prospects. You know, if they hit their high end, you could have a superstar. Because Nikola Jokic was the uh, second round pick in two thousand and fourteen. So you never really know what the the uh, European guys. Uh, I probably have them higher than most people do. But uh, I think he's going to be a great player. I like I like a player at any position who can block a shot, shoot a three, and dunk on somebody. Yep. Those are the three things I'm always looking for for twenty the game in 2019. He's not going to be able to switch onto the perimeter, which is you know might take him out of some matchups. He's not going to be able to play him in a small ball lineup or anything like that. But his back to the basket, he has game. Um, he's playing against good competition. He's playing on the same team that Luka Doncic played on. Uh, I'm watching his highlights, and he's. He's doing uh, Willie Tavares dirty. He's doing Gustavo Ayan dirty. These are all people who had a cup of coffee in the NBA, and he's doing them absolutely filthy at 18, 19 years old. So I look for him to come into the NBA and actually be very good next year. I look for him to possibly be on first-team all-rookie next year. All that skill, Mm. all that um, athleticism, which most people wouldn't think that a European big man has. Goga definitely has it, so watch. I like him. His highlight. He's a man in the post, too. He's not available talent. Based not just the best available talent, but you're talking about potential. Yeah, and potential. And and if he works out, you got a 7-2 small forward. You know what I'm saying? 7-2 small forward. He's way too nimble and agile. He can he was sticking with small forwards and power forwards in college basketball. Mm-hmm. And small forwards and power forwards in college basketball are six eight, six seven, six five, mm-hmm. six six. And he was sticking in front he was staying in front of him. Yep. This is on the perimeter. This is when being driven on. This is without help. Mm-hmm. Bobo is a monster. I'm not even gonna you know what he you know what he does offensively. I'm not yeah. even gonna mention it. Ne- mention nothing offensively. In a couple years, if you let this man sit, if you give him this Yakum treatment, or if you give him the who else is a Joel and B treatment, which you, you might ooh, need. Perfect. If you give him the Joel and B treatment, just don't draft him Philly, because he ain't gonna be <laughs> shit if you go goes to Philly. Um he can be honestly the best player in this draft. Yeah, I love Bull. Uh, you know I've loved Bo for a long time. I took him off my list because the red flags are way, way, way too bright. The red flags stick out further than anything. Uh, we're talking about someone who is seven foot two, who just came off of a foot fracture. Nobody knows how seven foot two people heal up. People, yeah. doctors don't know how to heal a seven foot two athlete's broken foot. It's just not. It's not something that people specialize in. Yeah. Um, he They listed him at Oregon at 236 pounds. He went to the combine. He was barely 200 pounds. Bare, yeah. Where did all the weight go? Exactly. With him not playing basketball. Yeah. Um, so those are just real major concerns. The only concerns with me, with Bobo, are his motor functions, his body, how he runs. He runs really, really high. It's obviously hard for him to get low. But, I mean, it's a fluid basketball player. It's someone who's been playing on the perimeter his whole life and being the tallest guy. And we got somebody in the chat, man. Bob Money. You know Bob Money? Uh-uh. I don't know Bob Money either, but what's good, LeBron bro? is a cancer? LeBron. I got a cancer on my jersey, bro? You low-key do. You low-key oh, do. Oh, Bob Money. 
Come on, why is LeBron a cancer, bro? Yeah, we got. I mean, we know why LeBron is cancer, but we want to hear from you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We want to hear from you, bro. Why is LeBron a cancer? Shouts out to you, Bob Money, though. Probably never forget that screen name coming across. Nah. <laughs> well, let's continue on. Bob Money, stay in the chat, Brody, for as long as you want to. So while he answers, we're going to go ahead and continue, bro. Yeah. So who you got next on your big board, bro? I have Mr. Defensive Player of the Year in the ACC, Best Defensive Player in the Draft. My guy. DeAndre Hunter. Um, DeAndre Hunter, man, I, I think he's in the mold of an OG and an OB, just a... Well oh, put together. <laughs> oh my god! Don't disrespect him! <laughs> no! Okay, go ahead, my bad. He's an athlete that you're gonna notice when he's on the court. Very well put together at 6'7, 225. 6'8. Seven. seven plus wingspan, we'll see. Uh, <laughs> seven plus wingspan, willing defender, great defender. Um, gonna be a good plug and play guy like we've talked about before. Um, the only reason he's not higher for me, I don't have him high end for me, is because of he's three years removed from high school. When he plays in the NBA, he's going to be 22 in his rookie season. We already know I've compared and contrast other guys that are going to be 22 this year, include guys like uh, Brandon Ingram, and that's all that matters because Brandon Ingram's all that matters, and Lonzo Ball. Both going to be 22 going into their third and fourth seasons. DeAndre's going to be 22 in his rookie year. And I don't know if the uh, three-point shooting is going to translate as well as most people assume is going to translate 3 and D, 3 and D, 3 and D. I'm not sure it's going to. I think so. But we're going to go on to my guy. Okay. And my guy is Darius Garland. Oh! This is five, right? Uh, No, that's six, oh, bro. Oh, six? Yeah. I knew that. <laughs> <laughs> Six. So Darius Garland number six. Yeah. Just because I, I would be I would be hypocritical of passing six. on Kyrie Irving because six. I didn't see enough from him. Remember how we had these conversations. Yes. I, know. I wouldn't have picked Kyrie that high just because you only got I only got four games from yeah. you. I don't know. Based off that, I don't know. Yeah. And I can't I mean, I like his highlight saves, and I'm only this is ranking him six is just me giving him his respect. Just the benefit of the doubt on his potential and talent. Exactly. Yeah. So, he said Bob Money says he wants to get his guys that fits in with him. Once he leaves, the team goes to shit. We oh, agree, Bob Money. We oh. agree. Once LeBron, this, this tank top is just fly, bro. Like, don't even trip. No, yeah. Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball, Kuzma Hart should stay Lakers. And Whoever, the number four pick. Which is going to be DeAndre Hunter. Should stay Lakers. <laughs> <laughs> but LeBron, I'd rather trade LeBron than trade our team. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I'll, but real quick, Bob Money, real quick. If you were to trade Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball, Kyle Kuzma, Josh Hart, the farm, how Magic Johnson was trading for AD. If yeah. AD isn't worth it, who is? Who would you trade it for? Who would you trade that group of guys for? And are you big on the young guys? Yeah, are you big on the are, are you just a LeBron hater, or are you saying our youth movement was moving in the right direction before LeBron got there? Yeah. Come on, Bob Money. We need, uh, we need you to answer this, bro. Because if... As Laker fans, if we feel Big like no one, if we feel like no one is worth it, mm -hmm. then 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 what was the point of bringing bringing in LeBron James? Yeah, you know what I'm saying. But we feel like with the core that we have, there must be someone out there that's worth giving this up for. Mm -hmm. 
We were so yeah. accepting when he first came. Now the season actually happened. Now we hate it because yeah. it, nothing worked out like we wanted to. Nothing worked out. But when out LeBron first to. came, it LA was, was LA was popping. You know what I'm saying? You oh, asked every fan, everyone was on except the real, real Kobe religious yeah. Mamba mentality. But if people. you're talking about basketball Just guys, basketball purists, we love us some LeBron James. So at that point. There had to have been some kind of thing where you were just saying, you know what, maybe we can get something around LeBron that these young guys could. Exactly. Why is nobody take the angle of LeBron and a super young core going forward? Nobody seems to even yeah. care about that. It's like, oh, get superstars in there for LeBron. I'm he a Warriors fan. Go ahead. the farm for it. I'm a Warriors fan. It's better to build. The youth always better. And if you want to trade the farm, trade it for the number one pick for Zion. Okay. I, I Bob Money has good perspective. Uh, thank you for elaborating no, yeah. on that, Bob Money. He does, bro. That's all-time great perspective uh, because it's best to build from the ground up. Yep. That's why I'm against trading D'Angelo Russell. I'm against letting Julius Randle walk because if you let them build from where they came from, it's just sweeter. Bob Money, as a Warriors fan, I'm sure Bringing the championships, the of the doubt. you watch these guys uh, get drafted. You watch Steph get drafted at 7. You watch Clay get drafted at 14. You watch Draymond get drafted late in the first round. It must be good, and we applaud you for that. And real quick, when they traded Monte Ellis for Andrew Bogut, how did you feel at that time? Oh, man. Because Monte was your guys' that was, was the that face. That was the guy. People would have rather have had Steph Curry traded. Yes, the Monte That Ellis. was the main thing you was hearing from Golden State. Yeah. So how did you feel about that Monte Ellis trade? Yeah, I like, this, I like this. I like this San Francisco perspective you're giving us, this Bay Area perspective you're giving us, some Southern California boys, Bob Money. Shouts out to you. So continuing with our mock, oh, yeah, yeah. I mean our big board, I'm going into number five, someone that – my man's has already talked about, but who I'm a huge fan of is Cam Reddish. Huh. Um, he told me not to give him the measurements, but I'm going to anyways. 6'8", 7'1", wingspan, 208, 10 pounds, whatever the case oh. may be. Uh, and Draft Express, you tripping. You got that shit <laughs> 220, homie. Hell no, he's not 220. An absolute amazing handler of the basketball. That's something that you didn't mention, but I think is his... I think it's what he, he should be known for. And it's something he was not allowed to do at the University of Duke. And that's why before, earlier in the show, I talked about guys being in weird spots and not being able to show what they can really do in the colleges with the college choices that they chose. Now, Trey Jones and Cam Reddish chose Duke first. They thought that they were going to be, the team was going to be built around the two of them. RJ and Zion committed later. And how that. do you not except with open arms, R.J. Barrett and Zion Williamson, yeah. the one and two players in the nation. But when Cam committed to Duke as the number third player in the nation coming out of high school, he thought it was going to be about him. It absolutely wasn't. He was the only floor spacer because Trey Jones can't shoot. Zion's not known for his shooting. R.J. had a bad year shooting. So you got the big man, Marquise Bolden, and you got Cam Reddish. Who's the only person who can shoot out there? Yeah. Cam Reddish. That's the only thing I like about him is that his, his three-point attempt shows – yeah. He wants to shoot the ball. Mm -hmm. You know he can shoot the ball. And he was stuck in a weird role. But, I mean, to me, the most beautiful highlight tapes I've been watching. I like Monte Ellis. 
but it w- it wasn't going to be long term, guys. Monte Ellis would have struggled in these playoff finals. Oh yeah, I agree. He was oh, an yeah. inefficient guy. We're not saying we preferred Monte Ellis. We're just no. saying how did you as a Warriors fan feel because back when Monte then, Ellis was running out of town because he was your guys's. Yeah, back then Monte Ellis was, like was your a little tiny Curry. poor man's Kobe. When they traded Monte <laughs> Ellis, they wanted the owner to sell the team. Yeah, they were in. Uh, the owner got booed. Booed with booed Chris Mullen. With Chris Mullen. Got booed. That's what's so crazy yeah, about that's basketball. A, that's It can change. Narratives can change, man. And especially through the draft. That's Imagine. why we love the draft. And and like you said, though, uh, Bob Money, you said better to build. The youth is yes. always better. And then so, like you said, the Warriors ultimately ended up doing that. They did it right. They did everything the right way. They didn't trade Steph. They traded Monte. Yep. They, they didn't, didn't trade, trade Clay for Kevin Love or Dwight Howard. They kept Clay. They kept Clay. So, shouts out to you, Bob Money. Shouts you out to you, Bob about, Money, man, bro. Yeah, uh, but Cam Reddish, man, I think if it wasn't for the, the lack of production, the the funky-looking stats, he would probably be number two on my board after Zion. I think... If we're talking about all-stars, potential all-stars down the road, I think Cam Reddish is one of them. I understand you are scared of people who lack motor and intensity, and that's Cam's biggest red flag because I don't put the inefficiency on Cam. He played in a lineup where he was the only shooter, and there was all drivers and penetrators. And if you're the only shooter, you're going to shoot and a I'll, low percentage. I, 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 was, I didn't mention this in my part because mm-hmm. I wanted to give some argument to it, but yeah. you already said it. Mm-hmm. So that was my thing. The reason why I don't have him up there and why I don't love him is because he doesn't have that thing what I look for in everybody, which yeah. I mentioned earlier. Yep. I want someone that's going to – I don't want to question whether you gave me 100% on the court. I feel you. I don't know if and he's going to give me 100%. They've been questioning that about Cam Reddish since high school. So, so it's not just something that just came up this year. It was always, does Cam Reddish want it? But one thing I will say, shouts out to this video that I found, I believe, on Ball is Life, where all the 18, 19-year-old players said who's their hardest person to guard in, in, when they were in high school or college, and everybody said Cam Reddish because he's different. He has a different bag of tricks. I'm scared that he'll be Ben McLemore, but I'm also very, very excited that he might be Paul George. So, shouts out to Cam Reddish. Um, I hate that he got injured so he can't show everybody that skill set and everything that he has going for him in these draft workouts. So, look for him to fall a little bit in the draft, but that's my fifth best player in the draft, and he would have been a lot higher if his production wasn't so wonky. And for me, my fifth best player is Jared Culver. Okay. And Jared Culver is an NBA player. No matter mm-hmm. how you put it, you look at his game, college wasn't, college wasn't right for him. Okay. I mean, he definitely got developed. Mm-hmm. He definitely doesn't have the ability, I think, at least good enough to develop or to create his own, right? Yeah. I think he can create for others. I'm saying I think, right? And I'm going to go through a lot of a lot of negatives, but I'm going I'm to I'm round it out with a positive, okay. right? I don't see him as being someone, like you said, that can switch off from one through three or mm-hmm. anything like that. But what I do see from Jared Culver is something like a guy like Cam Reddish likes. Okay. He's going to give you everything he has. Everything that he has. Great kid, on and off the court. Everybody loves him. Not just that, but look at what he gave uh, the college that he played for. I don't Texas, Tech. Texas, Texas Tech. Because he fucked me up with the DeAndre Jordan. Yeah, right? A&M, he fucked Tech, me up. University of Texas, Baylor, he gave Texas all those Texas Tech. schools. The coach, he said, coming Chris into... Beard, shout out to Chris Beard, good coach. He said in the video, I don't know what video, but I watched the video and he said it. <laughs> After his first year there at Texas Tech. 
he and uh, what is it Texas Tech? Texas okay, Tech, Texas yes, Tech, sir. The coach gave him gave him the reins to the fucking to the offense. Yeah. Once Zayar Smith was out of there, we're we're, waiting we're, for we're, we're gonna we're gonna give this to you. This is built around you now. Yeah, we're gonna go as far as you take us, and he went as far as the fucking the national championship national game. championship game. Mm-hmm. I mean, and it was I'm his not, it was his show. Completely. That right there, just watching that video of him talking about it mm-hmm. and the way he was able to back that part up, at least prove his coach right, yep. that's enough for me. I don't, I don't want to mention stats. Yep. I was going to mention stats. I don't want to mention any of that because this guy gives me everything that I look for in a person on the basketball court. Very good intangibles. Jared Culver has some of the best intangibles in this class. Number four. So going on to number four, I'm going to go with somebody who I know a lot of people have way higher so I'm going to probably beat a little bit of a dead horse with the negatives, but I don't hate this player, of course. But it's going to be John Morant from Murray State. From Whoa, Murray number State four? It's number four on my big board. Um, simply because the competition he played against, uh, not the best competition. He's a two-year player. It took him, why, how, it took him two years at Murray State to flourish. Yep. Um, not the best shooter. Um, uh, not the biggest guy. Not going to, it's like almost a, a traffic cone on defense <laughs> doesn't give you anything defensively. Who do you guys want the Lakers to draft in first round? Do you need that now, Bob Money, or can you wait? Because we, <laughs> but um, we got no, we got to give it to him. We got to give it to him. At number four, I want Mr. Darius Garland at number four. I thought four you wanted Cam. I do, but not coming off of the injury and not going to be able to perform all summer. Not going to be able to get into. Not going to be able to get into – he might not even be ready for training camp. So, I really don't want somebody who just got injured and just had surgery. That's something that John Moran just had, too, as well. Surgery. So, Darius Garland is a solid pick. I wouldn't mind Darius Garland. Um, I think he gives you everything that Lonzo doesn't. I yeah. think he played well with Lonzo. Mm-hmm. Um, but, with that said, I want DeAndre Hunter. I think if you can replace some of, Kuzma, some of Kuzma's minutes at the four and put in DeAndre Hunter, I think – I think got, he's better than Kuzma. I think you got a solid, solid, solid defensive core with Lonzo, Ingram, mm-hmm. DeAndre, DeAndre, and a hopefully a good defensive free agent. A hopefully good defensive free agent because definitely LeBron is not going to be one of those guys that does it. And are you, do you, okay, so of course I would have loved to have had Cam Reddish at four yeah. if I'm going to pick somebody on the wing, but if someone's going to be recovering from an injury all offseason, it's just going to be hard for him to keep up with a team that's more so trying to win something. You know what I'm saying? But yeah. I would have loved Cam Reddish. That's my dream scenario. But what I think is definitely going to happen and what should happen is Darius Garland. He's a high ball screen shooter. He shoots off the bounce so well. Um, Got to love Darius. I'm going to expunge on him a little bit more yeah, later in my mind. Yeah, yeah, I mean, because he got Drew. He got Morant at, at four. four, and he hasn't even mentioned Darius Garland yeah, yet. Yeah, 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 so, yeah. That, so that you know something's there's, coming. There's a lot I have to say about Mr. Garland. So yeah, I have Morant at four. Didn't love this competition. Um, the, of course, the freak athleticism. Let's talk about the freak athleticism of Ja Morant that everybody's enamored with, and that I like too. But he's not a powerful athlete. He's more. Mm. He's more of a, a jumper. He has the ability to bounce. If Kyrie, oh, yeah, yeah. I think it, it, like me, I think he he's shifty off. He's so shifty offensively. If Kyrie had bounce, he'd be John Morant. Yeah, I don't think so. I think Kyrie's way more skilled than John Morant. No, but way from, more coming skilled. out of college. Oh, coming out of college. No, yeah, that's what Kyrie we're had bounce. Kyrie was in a high we school can't dunk compare, contest. I don't think you can compare athletes. 
people coming out of college to NBA players at their full potential. Yeah, but you got in college, them. in college, in Kyrie's one and done season in the eleven games he did play, just with the handle, bro, it was just so evident. The handle, the way he had it. Or if you were to trade the farm, include the Anthony Davis, the number, the number one, one for the farm. Yeah. So, hold on. Oh, okay. I'm so getting Anthony Davis and the rights to Zion Williamson for the farm. Hey, I, I'd do it. And I still have LeBron James. Bruh. Who? Bruh, that'd be a mo- You're talking about, what, Zion at four, LeBron at three, Anthony Davis at five? Oh, That's my. That's the front court of the century, Bob. Oh, my God. If that, if that could happen, I'm still staying loyal to my soil. Oh, my B.I. goodness. B.I. So we got this. The only person that I feel like is. But is, that's amazing, Bob Money. If that a, were on the table, that's how you shake some shit up. That's how you definitely shake, shit up, shake some shit up. But the only person I do think about twice before trading that is going to be Ingram. Yeah, because. Ingram Man. is gonna be a, Ingram is gonna be a star. Yeah, yeah. Ingram's Ingram is gonna be. We're a star. gonna have a, just a Brandon Ingram great. episode one day, you guys. No, yeah, we're gonna Most. just watch videos. <laughs> Highlights of yeah. just Brandon Ingram. Yeah, because that's but our. The one guy. thing I want you guys to realize though, or buy money, bro. If I don't know if you like Brandon Ingram, I don't know if you think he could be better. But the one thing I want to point out is Brandon Ingram in the second half of the season since his rookie year is nothing like Brandon Ingram in the first half. Yep. Brandon Ingram in the second half of the season. Shows you why he was a second pick, why he's gonna be an all star, why he's gonna be, why he's just gonna have a great career. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So, um, but that's I don't tough. know if I could that's pass Davis and Zion, bro. Davis and Zion, man, that's like what does that do with the cap? That's like the three. I'll get into that right now, but that's like the three best number, the three most best and hype number one picks coming into the league. You all have in your front court. I only say yes if you're able to come up with a, a way for me to get. A free agent on top of that. Okay, so the thing is how everybody is slotted in the NBA now since the collective bargaining agreement is all your draft picks, and all these guys are high draft picks. We're talking about one uh, number one overall picks and number two picks and a number four pick involved. So all these guys that haven't got their second contract yet, that means everybody outside of LeBron and AD, all make about $7 million mm-hmm. against your cap. Yeah. So if you take this number four pick, Brandon Ingram and Alonzo, who makes about 8.5 this year. If you take all three of them out, you have about 22 mil. That covers AD's salary, basically. For you know that last year. Yeah, for that last year. Yeah. That basically, so now if you just got AD, you have your money to still With go just get. just those two. Yeah, if you still, if you got rid of, Cam, uh, I'll say Cam Reddish, but the number four pick, <laughs> <laughs> Brandon Ingram with Alonzo Ball, if you got rid of those three guys, you have the money to match. Um, Anthony Davis, and you have uh, salary fillers like Kuzma, Bonga. Trade Ingram for D'Angelo Russell, Bob Money. Oh, Bob. 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 I love D'Angelo Russell. D'Angelo Russell is my firstborn child, but please, please, Bob, you're going to make us leave. Oh, my God. Bob Money. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. (laughs) Hail to the no, no, no. I'll I'll tell you what, we'll trade Kuzma. I'll trade Kuzma yeah, and Hart. Kuzma, yeah, I'll, yeah, definitely. I'll trade Kuzma and, and Hart. In a heartbeat for the Angela <laughs> Russell. <laughs> yeah, I'll trade, no, because I can't trade Ingram. Yeah, no, uh, no, 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 no. He's, he's, he's going to show, jewel. he's going to show, I mean, each year I feel like I say this, but <laughs> next year he's going to show why they're We're the wrong just, guys. We're the wrong guys yeah. to say trade Ingram to I, Bob. I would have rather just have had our young core and yeah. never have LeBron have come. Yeah. Like, it's just, even, even, 
even before we were we were hyped, but we were still thinking like, "Fuck!" Uh, takes the ball out of Ingram's hands, takes the ball out of Lonzo's hands. LeBron is like a planet. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? When he comes in, if it doesn't revolve around LeBron, it's not. It's not gonna work. We don't even know what a team looks like with LeBron on it, where everything doesn't revolve around him. Yeah, and we probably never will. So, yeah, LeBron is. He's never played with a young core before, and I think we know why after last year. So, shit, let's get let's get back to this. Uh, yeah, to so this I shit. had Jaw at number four, not as high on him as everyone else, but we also have so much more content and coverage coming out. I could expunge on that at another time. No, yeah. who you got it for? DeAndre Hunter, and we talked about him. We enough. already talked about him, so I'm just gonna leave it at DeAndre Hunter because I really want to get to this mock draft. Okay, okay, so I got DeAndre Hunter number four. Number three, I have Darius Garland, who we've already talked about. Number three, I got Jaw Morant. Okay. Number two, R.J. Barrett. R.J. Barrett. Number, number one, one, Zion Williamson. So that is. You don't got Casey Akpala? Hell no. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> you telling me Taylor Horton Tucker is not number one? So that's our big board. Again, yeah. we went through fourteen to one, but uh, now we're gonna go through our mock draft, and we're gonna flip this. We're gonna flip memory this memory disc. card. <laughs> if this memory card lands on the gold sticky side, sticky yeah. side. You get it. Okay. You get the first pick, and then you pick every odd. Every right? odd number, yep. Damn! <laughs> <laughs> and if it lands on the black side... Play us fuck up, too. Don't worry about it. If it lands on the black side, you know, I yeah. I, I, I get to pick one. every odd. So, okay. we're going to flip the stick, Mahomes, hey, hey. and then let it go. You get okay, the first pick. At number one, I'm taking Zion Williamson. And number two, with Memphis, they got to take RJ, so I'm taking RJ. Okay, so... If, oh, you got to go off your big board, yeah. though. We got to use the big board that we created. So you're going... At number three for the Knicks... For the Knicks. Don't fuck up their franchise. You got to take John Morant. John Morant. You got to take John Morant. And I got number four. Yeah, you get to decide the Lakers' fate. Oh, you already know. They got to get DeAndre Hunter, man. If they want to win. And what does DeAndre Hunter bring to the Lakers tomorrow? Uh, defense. Uh-huh. Uh, set three point shot. Okay. Stretch the floor. Mm-hmm. He can pass the ball. He's not gonna. Not someone you got to worry about like Kuz offensively. That's gonna jack up too many shots. Okay. Although I like Kuz's. Yeah, yeah. His his will to be the guy. He's not gonna take that away from Ingram. He's not yeah. gonna take that away from the guys that I really wanted to have. Okay. So at number five with the Cleveland Cavaliers, I'm gonna give them what would be the still of this draft and Cam Reddish. Number uh, five for Cleveland? Yeah. They need Cam Reddish so bad in Cleveland. Colin Sexton's not the best ball handler, not the best facilitator. Cam Reddish showed flashes of being able to facilitate. Damn. Two-way wing gives them someone to build around. And the good thing about it is, let's say you build around Cam Reddish and he's not good his rookie year, which is very much feasible. You suck. And you're going to get another high pick. Hopefully but, for him, he doesn't go to Cleveland. True, but I think he'll be able, they'll be able to build around him, and he'll be able to have the ball in his hands more than if Not with he's Jordan with, Clarkson on that team. Not with Colin Sexton on that team. Because Colin Sexton is a... He, uh, nah. Colin Sexton two assists a game for his career. I'm not a Colin Sexton fan. Yeah, no. At no. all. <laughs> at all. But he, uh, Cam Reddish, if he comes in, will be easily... You see what best, Jordan did to D'Angelo? Easily will be their best prospect. Easily will be... They're more, their most functioning high-level prospect. Colin Sexton is a point guard, is a shooting guard, an old-school shooting. He will hit the that three with the most beautiful jump so shot I, I, I in should, the in the draft 
this year. I should have ranted has, when I Cam talked about when I picked DeAndre Hunter for the Lakers. I should have ranted. Hey, I'm just saying, Cleveland, <laughs> take that, man. So at number six, Phoenix Suns. Yeah, Phoenix Suns. I mean, you need a point guard. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, Phoenix Suns. Phoenix yeah. Suns. You need a point guard, so Darius Garland. That would be a well about that fit. Darius Garland had more turnovers than assists. No, yeah. So basically. You're going to have two guys who are looking to score in your backcourt, but Booker has improved so much as a facilitator. Booker's still basically playing the point. That's why someone like Lonzo Ball is so valuable to Chicago or to Phoenix because these guys in this draft are more so combo guards than facilitators. But the only thing, the only reason why I would put Darius Garland there is um, I don't think you want to. I, I'm not saying that you can't. But in the future, do you want to rely on DeAndre Hunter as your second scoring option? Uh, who? I mean, DeAndre uh, Ayton. Oh, Do you not... want to rely? Would you rather have three years from now, Darius Garland being the 20-point scorer with Devin Booker or 20 points from DeAndre Ayton? Man, that's a great question. That's a great question. I, I honestly like Darius Garland more as a prospect than I like DeAndre Ayton. And not just that, but like... I wouldn't want my 20 coming from DeAndre. And the way Garland is going to get his points, think of the way Dame Lillard gets his buckets. Think of the way guys like Kyrie and Trey Young and Steph get their buckets. That's that's Darius Garland. Yeah, Aiden's going to get it from the from from from, from mid range. Aiden's going to get it with with slowing down. Stupid shooting backcourt in Phoenix with with Booker and Garland. Yeah, and Aiden's going to get it with slowing down the game at the block. Aiden's going to get it by getting on the free throw line because he's not going to be able to finish when he gets hacked. As their talent grows, they're going to wish Aiden was Clint Capella instead of somebody who needs the ball to score in the post. Who, Trust who, me. who got picked behind Aiden? Uh, Marvin Bagley. Oh, shit. Who got picked behind that? Was that, was that Luca's spot? Yeah, that's Luca's spot. Luca. They're going to, yeah, they, they, they're going to wish they had Luca. Yeah, definitely. They're going to wish they that had That was Luka. the uh, big time mistake. So, Darius Garland at six for Phoenix. So, just to remember where we're at, yeah. Zion is one, RJ There's is two, two. Uh, uh, John Morant's three, three. Hunter's four. four. Um, Cam Reddish is five. And Darius Garland is six. six. So who are you going at seven? And who's so, seven? Um, Chicago. Yeah, seven to Chicago. Okay. Um, so this is a battle between Kobe White and Jarrett Culver because they need a ball handler so bad. Mm-hmm. So do you do they believe in Chicago that they have enough playmaking with Zach Levine that they can— Chris Dunn. Chris Dunn needs to be done in Chicago after this year. <laughs> he has not not progressed at all. And I will always remember the 2016 draft when Jalen Rose said that the Lakers need to trade D'Angelo Russell for fucking Chris Dunn. I think that was the worst thing I ever heard in my life. We got to pull that up. But yeah, we got to pull that up because that was terrible. I'll always remember that. But I'm going to go ahead and give them Jarrett Culver, even though it's like, wow, they don't need it to. Um... You can just have an oversized backcourt. Jared Culver imp- improved improved so much as a facilitator and passer. You just would have to mold him in that vein because I don't think the upside of Kobe White is no. where, where you would take him and leave Culver on the board just because I need a point guard. I'd rather have Zach Levine running my point mm-hmm. than forcing Kobe White to be that. Yeah, you can have Zach Levine and Culver just uh, divvy up the um, point guard responsibilities. Number eight. Atlanta? Number eight is the first of Atlanta's two picks. So number eight. Hmm. This gets a little a little tricky because this gets a little tricky just because. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so because camera I can't use. Alright, so 
Because I'm using my own big boy. Yeah, he has to use his own list. I use my own list. So, Atlanta. If I'm looking at Atlanta, everyone else is gone. Who do I want to play with? Trey Young. Quater, Kevin Horder. Horder. Trey uh, Young. John Collins. Amari uh, Spellman Prince, is there. Needs to improve. Amari Spellman. Do I want someone that can stretch the floor? Do I need another guy? You have two picks. So... You're controlling Atlanta, so you got to set them up. Yeah. So for the first pick, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Damn, this is hard. Remember, Atlanta wants to be baby Golden State under yeah. Lloyd Pierce. I'm sorry, man, but I need I need to swing for the fences for Atlanta, and I'm gonna go bold. I need to swing for the fences. And I need to go bold because if you got one through five that could shoot from outside, mm-hmm. fuck it, do it. I like that pick. I like that pick a lot. Um, the only thing is. With Trey Young, people think he's hitting, you know, he's on the fast track to stardom. Warder, just a great shooter and everything like that. John Collins is basically a 2010 guy, plays no defense. Um, do they have a year, maybe even two, to wait on a healthy ball ball? Do I'm you have s- that? I'm going to say yes because I'm going to tell you what my next pick is going to be. Okay. Because I'm almost looking at Bobo ball as a draft and stash because he's not yeah. going to play right away. Definitely. At least I don't think. But because who's next after Atlanta? That's Washington, uh, Washington right? I yeah. know who my guy is here is not going to go. So, okay. yeah. I'm going to go ahead and give Washington Seku Dumboye. And the reason Washington needs Seku is because they need talent. Yeah. They need someone who could possibly take the reins from John Wall and Brad Bill in the far, far away future, not no time soon. But you just want to have that player who's just giving the fans something to be excited about. Of course, they need a center because Dwight Howard is scheduled to be their starting center again this year, which is crazy. But <clears throat> I just like this uh, the ceiling of Seku over a guy like Jackson Hayes. Yep. So I'm going to give them Seku. And for Atlanta's second pick, I'm going to give them Jackson Hayes. Okay. Because so you're taking two bigs. I'm taking two bigs because I want Jackson Hayes to come in next year to do He's give them play. give them everything that Bowl is not going to give them. Right. Mm-hmm. I want Bowl to be able to play with John Collins, to play with Jackson Hayes, to be able to come off the bench or even one day start over Jackson Hayes. Mm-hmm. If Jackson Hayes doesn't, if Dwayne Dedman or someone like a veteran center Alex Lynn is still starting over Jackson Hayes by the time Bowl comes in, that Jackson Hayes was never the guy. Yeah. And then Bull could come in and take over or whatever, right? Yep. So the pick could have literally been swapped back and forth. Mm-hmm. But I think Bull made sense for the earlier pick just because you're that very high ceiling. Yeah, let me check because I believe um, Charlotte is at 11, but I don't want to be wrong. So let me pull something up as quickly as possible. Uh, definitely shouts out to Bob Money for making our show. Like, you know, he brought a lot of interesting yeah. takes and topics to the program today let me pull up this draft order you know i got the laker phone case you dig you know i got the laker background you dig of course we finna we finna i believe it's charlotte i'm waiting it's not i'm like we're having a loading situation okay Oh, Minnesota. <laughs> Minnesota. I would have messed, uh, messed that up so bad. What do you have going to Minnesota? So for Minnesota, I'm going to go ahead and give them. I know my time is ticking. I'm going to give Minnesota Mr. Kevin Porter Jr. 
Just to be that. Just to be that score that Andrew Wiggins is isn't. some for some reason isn't. Um, he's gonna come in. He's gonna get shots. He is not gonna be a focal point anytime soon. He could come off the bench to start off. Um, I would have liked to given them a power forward at this spot, but I think the ceiling and the talent of Kevin Porter Jr. is just too much, too great to pass on. When you might have Cat finally have somebody on the perimeter, just that they could do some damage together, man. So I'm. I like. I was gonna give him to another team later, but I'm gonna go ahead and give Minnesota Kevin Porter Jr. because he is 11th on my big board. And I got Charlotte. So I'm looking at Charlotte. They could possibly lose Kemba. Yeah. But I think they're gonna end up keeping him because they're gonna, like, like, like dummies. They're gonna give him that wall contract. Mm-hmm. So they're gonna give him that contract, and they got nothing else after that. Yeah. They got. They need an influx of talent. Bad. Exactly. Bad. So. Me personally, even though they got a flurry of bigs on their team, I think they got to go 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 yeah, to because you don't have the kind of talent of big that he is on your team at all. That's a great pick for Charlotte. That could change a lot in Charlotte. Yep, because uh, Cody Zeller not cutting it, and you got Miami. Frank Kaminsky not cutting it. Nope. Uh, and Willie Hernan Gomez not cutting it. Cody Zeller <laughs> not cutting it. So man, at for Miami, who um they have Hassan Whiteside on the roster, they have Bam Adebayo on the roster. I know they can't wait to get rid of Whiteside and let Bam Adebayo start. I know they can't wait to get rid of Goran Dragic. Yeah, at a, for real, for real. So I'm gonna go ahead and give them, uh, I'm gonna give them PJ Washington over Brandon Clark because, uh. Bam doesn't shoot the ball, and P.J. Washington does. So you're going to have two guys playing above the rim, one who can shoot it, one who can dominate. They'll be a very, very good front court going together for the future, even though you're going to need some serious scoring punch at all the other three positions because I don't see Bam or P.J. ever averaging more than 14, 13 points a game for their career. So, But I would love that defensive fit, all that length and that athleticism to be able to jump out of the gym, block shots, and... Somebody look up P.J. Washington shooting threes. I'm telling you, it looks spectacular. Okay. So, for Boston, who I got going to Boston, plain and simple. They might lose Kyrie. They might lose Terry Porter mm. or Terry Rozier. Yeah. So, I think they possibly lose Kyrie. They sign Terry Rozier, and they start from that scratch, right? Yeah. So, now you're going to need another guard to come in. Mm-hmm. To give play you with some, Tatum, play with Brown. To give you some good minutes. That's mm-hmm. a good defender. That's a, That can shoot the three. Yeah. That's going to give you 110%. Mm-hmm. Plays like his hair is on fire. Alexander Walker. Oh, I thought you were going Kobe White. I don't got him on my list. You don't even have Kobe White on your board nowhere? No, I don't like oh. I, I Remember, I, I just don't have that. I look at him. I like. I mean, I know he can shoot the three good. I just don't like his game. That's just one of those. We don't have Kobe like, White in the lottery, people. You know what I'm saying? Oh, we don't. That's at all? crazy. And he slips. Shit and happens. He, he slips. Shit does shit, happen. Shit happens. They kill Alexander Walker. Rose. Jumped up, and then people yeah. are so pissed, like, "Oh, yeah. you could have got him at this." Yeah, like, hey, that happens every draft. So, hey, this is this how this is real as it gets. That was this dope though, right? That was dope. Doing it just based yeah. off your big board, Hell not yeah. based off like because that's gonna make people go crazy. People will be talking about that. Yeah, but I mean, with his shooting, honestly, I don't hate the pick because. With I know they want to put the ball in Tatum's hands and, and Jalen Brown's hands, so Nikhil Alexander Walker being able to defend, you know what I'm saying, and being able to shoot the ball because that is his best skill set yeah. coming into. And the that's league. the only reason I didn't pick Harrow. Hero. Okay, Harrow, because 
he doesn't have the point guard he abilities. That not only that, he, he can't. Kills. He's not going to be able to guard. Yeah, the point guard. Yeah, you know what I mean. So I like it. I respect it. Let's. Uh, um, do you want to get into our wild cards, or do you want to mention some guys who didn't make, who didn't make our list, who didn't make our draft? Uh, no, we can get to our wild cards. I think those are more. Okay, so um, my first wild card who is going to be drafted later in the first round, but who has eons and eons of talent is Taylor Horton. Tucker. <laughs> I didn't want to say it wrong. Taylor Horton. so small to be a power forward. But he's 6'4". He has a 7'1", 7'2", wingspan. Oh, does he really? Yeah, he has he has one of I the best that. plus wingspans. He's only about 6'3", 6'4". Yeah. Um, he has a little bit of a handle. Not, you know, not, nothing spectacular. His arms and his finishing ability and his step back three. He didn't shoot the best percentage from three, but if you look at him, all his threes are from NBA range, a la Cam Reddish. Like, and him, he's the youngest college player in the draft. He's going to be 18 all the way until we get into 2020 almost. I'm going to have the guys mixed up because I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure he plays a four. No, no, no. Taylor Horton Tucker's a wing from my Iowa State. Iowa State? Yeah. Okay, then I'm yeah. pretty sure I probably got him mixed up. He's very young, very raw. Um, I look for a team like Indiana at 18 or... Um, Ooh, 18? Sp- yeah, I don't think he's going to... I think he can go pretty high because how his youth... And his potential and the wingspan and the jump shot is there. And he's a clutch sports client. Rich Paul's always going to get his guys drafted a few spots ahead. Okay. So, for one of them, I already mentioned my guy earlier that I had as a sleeper was mm-hmm. Kevin Porter Jr. Yeah. So, I'm not going to mention that no more. Yeah. But my other guy that I feel like is going to be a sleeper is KZ Akpala just mm-hmm. for one reason. Size. He yeah. has the tools. Brandon Ingram type build. Exactly. That's it. I don't yeah. really like anything else about his game other than he tries. Yeah. He tries. <laughs> I mean, he has a solid jumper. Yeah. He, he doesn't have an ugly. He doesn't have an ugly looking shot, and he does hit at a good mark. I believe it was forty one percent. But he does take a lot of. Um, he doesn't really grab boards like that. He doesn't really pass the ball too good. <laughs> There's a lot of dozens. There's he a has lot the of frame. dozens. He has a good frame. But you Bruno Cablaclo will oh. pick that twenty something. Oh yeah. You know what I'm saying? Guys with those kind of sizes, with that kind of size, they get picked high. And yeah. I and KZ is nowhere near as raw as Bruno Kabak. No, so. nowhere, no. And I, I like, I like, I like KZ. So that's my other sleeper. So I believe Taylor Horn Tucker is going to outplay where he gets drafted, and I know a thousand percent sure that Romeo Langford is going to outplay wherever he gets drafted. Yeah, Romeo was supposed to be. It's kind of like Cam Reddish had a weird fit. Uh, was supposed to be a lot higher. I think he was either number four or number five in the country coming out of high school. He is only one year removed away from that. Uh, was unstoppable pretty much getting to the rim at Indiana this year and shooting mid-range jumpers. He had a, a, a thumb or a ligament damage in his shooting hand. So, I mean, that's why, so that's why people are saying, you know, maybe the jump shot is going to be a lot better going into the league. Maybe he'll shoot it a lot better because he did get it fixed. He did have the surgery after the season. So, I, Romeo is a baller. He has everything that you would want in a star two guard, except for the production. Except for the production. <laughs> kind of yeah. like Cam Reddish a lot. But uh, I love Romeo. Um, he's going to be really good, man. Long arms, nice tight handle. Uh, he doesn't have that fire that you look for, but he's also, that's just his demeanor. Yeah. It's not like you're trying to bring it out of him. He's always going to be even killed. You know what I'm saying? Other than like somebody like Cam Reddish, when he does good, he might go, ah, but when he's not doing anything <laughs> all game, he's not going to make no expressions. Yeah. You know, he's not. That's kind of up and down. Uh, Romeo is 
100% even kill. I love him as a player. Just a weird fit in Indiana. That's what yeah. this draft was all about. A lot of these guys have weird fits. So yep. I think Romeo's going to go around. Now, he might go to Indiana. Imagine that. Two Indiana-born grown players went to the University of Indiana and will play in that backcourt. They're like the most hyped players to come out of Indiana in a long time. So That'd be crazy. I think that could happen around 18. So, with that said... That's that. If you watched the video, you've made it this far. If you, if you, you listen to the podcast, then you made it this far. Yeah, just listen. Listen to the sounds of our angelic... Ma- Melodical voices. <laughs> Let us know what you thought, man. Give us a like. Uh, share the video with everybody that you know. Again, the MVP award of this show, I got to give it to him because, for one reason only. That DeAndre Jordan. That DeAndre Jordan fuck up. But, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, hey, man, this has been one-on-one with Solo and Diamond, a.k.a. one-on-one with Dolo and Simon. <laughs> Sign it off. <laughs> Lakers. Lakers. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs>